This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. What is a new year to us will not be so to you. But Lord, according to your establishments of the elements of the world and the movement of the earth over the sun, to us we are experiencing the complete turn of the earth around the sun. And I want to say thank you. Thank you because it has been by your mercy. It has been by your grace and you have brought us this far. And therefore, on that we stand, knowing that you will see us through. And whatever your, your plans and purposes for our lives are, you will thank you that the enemy will not exact his works over us. That you will not give us over to our enemies. Even when we have erred, Lord, because your love is deep and wide. And therefore, by your loving kindness, we will stand and you will deliver us from every evil that is arranged against our lives. We plead with you that by your own way, you will draw our hearts to you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you very much. Well, it's good to be here this morning. And uh, every time I come here, it brings me memories. You know, I started off here, and I'm still a part of here, just that now the Lord has blessed us with so many children in the Lord that I have no room in my own house. So that's the work of a father, is to make sure that whatever the Lord blesses you, you open doors for them that God has given you. And therefore, I'm grateful that I can go out of here and not be here and still have a church working here. It's a blessing. Hallelujah. And I believe that sooner than later, God will give us a bigger place where it will be a nicer portion than this place. So... Thank God for all the pastors he has blessed us with and their faithfulness and uh, wish you all Happy New Year. Amen. Amen. This morning I'm going to preach for a short time and I want to draw your attention to what I believe is very important. One of, I've been around for over 50 years. I mean, I've been on this planet for over 50 years. I don't know how far the Lord will take me, but it's 100. I'm past halfway. And therefore, I have the right to be able to say what I have observed. You see, if I was saying this when I was 23, I'm 27. Uh, 27, you haven't seen anything yet. 
Oh, yeah, 27, you haven't seen anything at all. But sometimes, even at that age, they, everybody thinks they know all that there is to know. It's when the years keep rolling, then you realize that you didn't know this. You didn't know this. And so, one of the observations that I have made is that a lot of people do things without critically thinking about what they are doing. Without critically thinking about what they are doing and asking themselves questions that am I doing what I set out to do? With all the challenges and the difficulties, am I still maintaining where I intended to go? Because taking a decision that this is what I want to do and doing it is like day and night. Oh yes, it's like day and night. If you like, try it. Go to certain countries, let you be given money to buy a house and see whether the money will be equal to a house. Because the difference between the man having the money and having a house is like night and day. Because there are so many challenges, there are so many difficulties. Before you realize, they will sell you the house that has been sold to somebody else. I mean, those of us who have lived outside our country of birth can tell you that you can send money home and though you receive pictures. You receive pictures of the, of the land. It has been walled of the foundation and roofing and everything. And then the day you land, you will discover that there's no house for you. And it's not like you gave the money to somebody you didn't know. You'll be very surprised that it may be your own father. Do you get it? So, what I'm just giving you these examples because that's how I preach. Giving you examples that you can relate. What in your work with God, in your work with God, what have you set out to achieve? are you working with God to start with? Are you working with God? Do you think you need to work with God? Do you think you need to have a relationship with God? Why is it important? Because, I mean, from, from an outsider's perspective, if I stand back and I look, if I didn't know what I know now, I would say that somebody who wants to have a relationship with God is someone who wants to be told what to do. Is somebody who wants to be bossed. In other words, you lose your freedom. That, that's, that's, that's the simplicity of it. That is the simplicity of it because if you are work with God, have a relationship with God, there are conditions. And that's what I that a lot of us do things without thinking about it. That why do I need a relationship with God? Why? Looking at the conditions. And this is what many women and many men don't ask themselves when they enter into marriage or they desire to be married. You see, if you're a woman and you want to be married, don't believe any of these 
worldly, foolish things that they say. That we are all equal. You see? Let me tell you something. If we were equal, I would have a womb. And my wife would also have a womb. The, the fact that, you see, the fact that I don't have a womb, and my wife has a womb, means we are not equal. Because what's the meaning of equal? So how come she has a womb and I don't have a womb? Hmm? No, I, I need you to answer the question. So don't be deceived by, oh, we are equality. When cook. Listen, marriage is not about cooking and not cooking and all those things. It's about cooking. We can hire a maid. Or we can decide that we will eat out. But you see, happiness of marriage for a woman is that you are choosing a man who would have to tell you what to do. You agree to it, you choose, you see, if you agree to it, then you would weigh your choices. That, can I follow this guy? But does he have enough substance in his head to lead me? He's very handsome. That's what a handsome, I mean, A1. Do you get it? But does he have what it takes to take me to where I wish to go? Does he have what it takes to make me what I want to be made into? Does he have what it takes to grant me my heart desires? But Bishop, how will I know that we are both young? If you think you don't know, you need to seek help. But if you look carefully, you will know by the decisions he takes. But you see, most of us, we don't, we, we don't think about that. Most men marry the body. Oh, yes. Most men marry the body. You see, you are not going to stay with the body. You are going to stay with the character. The character character is what you are going to stay with. And you discover that a beautiful body with a bad character is ugly. And an ugly body, in quote, with a good character is beautiful. Because at a certain age, everything begins to join together anyway. Those that were apart, the social distancing, everything. After service, they all come together. So how can you use what is temporary to make a semi-permanent decision? But you see, that is the problem with most of us. So this morning, you see, I'm giving you these examples to alert you to begin to think. That why do I need God? What do I want from having a relationship with him? No, it's very important. What do I want? 
from having a relationship with him. I can tell you what I want from him. I don't want my soul to be lost. I don't want my soul to be lost. Yes. I don't want my soul to be lost. You see, the beauty of God is that he's very patient. I mean, just this morning, I was thinking about something. About different situations. And I'm thinking to myself, why would this person behave the way he has behaved? And that even if what he's saying is true, there's a better way of dealing with the situation. Then it occurred to me that even God, who is never wrong, God is never wrong. No, 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 no. God who knows all things and he's always right. Even him does not take decisions that eliminates his enemies immediately. Because I'm thinking, I'm thinking that God, you created Satan. I mean, you created him. You wrote in Ezekiel, I think, 14 or so, thou were created. You created him. If he has rebelled, you know how to finish him. And you even have the power to keep him in chains forever. But why have you left him? So even you realize that it's like he's patient in all that he does. Said that he's not even in a hurry to eliminate his enemy. And he's not in a hurry to eliminate something that is even spoiled by his own standards. So why would you, a human being, want to quickly cut off somebody that has been so important in your life? That was what I was thinking about. So much, so quickly like that. Then I realized that, you see, the ways of God are past finding. In other words, his ways is beyond your imagination. And he has a good reason for even allowing his enemy to be in his playing field. Because when he needed somebody to kill Jesus, to spill his blood, so that through the spilling of his blood, he would become a redeemer of all those who believe in him. If he had killed Satan, who was going to... No, no, think about it. If he had killed Satan, or he had bound him and restricted him, who was going to do the job? Do you think the followers of Jesus at that time were going to... That's what Peter said. Listen. Peter actually pulled out a sword. And he actually took somebody's ear off. I mean, to to whack somebody's ear off, you must know how to use a sword. I mean, precision, to chop off the ear. It must be good. But then who was going to pierce him? Because he has prophesied. So even God knew that he needed Satan. So he was patient. What I'm saying in this point is that, you see, the world will tell us many things. God does this. But you see, at the end of the day, God will still be himself. 
and what he says would come to pass. So as I read one day that what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Or what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his soul? I started becoming very conscious and very careful about whatever my soul is for it not to be lost and for it not to be damaged. I dare say that a lot of Christians care less about their soul. Oh, yes. Let me ask you a question. What, what is your soul? Maybe some of us know a bit of it. But, okay. How much do we care? You see, the Christian church or the church has emphasized the flesh and the spirit. But the real person that is being fought for actually your soul. Your, the real you is your soul. This is why the Bible didn't say that the spirit that sinneth shall die. But it said the soul that sinneth shall die. Not the spirit. Not the flesh. The real person that demands our attention is your soul. But how much of our effort goes to ask ourselves, who is my soul? Or what is my soul? And therefore, what are the things that I need for the well-being of my soul? And I'm here to tell you this morning that as the new year has begun, your soul, your soul, which is more precious than anything the world can offer you must be your number one priority. The well-being and the well-being of your soul must be your number one priority. Because, listen, whether you want it or whether you believe it, it's because, you see, it's one of the problems that I've also observed is that most people stand face to face with the truth, but they just refuse to receive it or they refuse to analyze it. So they have the information in their hands that should make them make a good decision. A decision that is profitable to them, a decision that will lift them higher, a decision that will put them in a better place, but they refuse it. Oh, most people, so as I counsel people, I'm not in a hurry to talk to people. I'm not in a hurry to tell them everything. No, 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 no. Once upon a time, I'll sit with you from evening to morning, just trying to get you to see the many things that I think you are not seeing. Now, no. No. Married couples, especially married, married couples. No. Let's tell you, I can, all that I'll say to you as a married couple, if you're having problems, it will take me five minutes. You hear it, it will be well with you. You don't hear it. I say, it's your problem. You are the one that will be frustrated. Oh, yes. I tell, I tell people. 
know what the problem is. There's always a way around it. And some of the problem is a problem because you have made it a problem. You are the one that has made it a problem. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You are the one that has made the thing a problem. And the reason is because you have set a bar by yourself. And you want everybody to achieve it. Now, you see, you have chosen a guy who by nature has demonstrated to you that he is not a faithful person. Do you get it? How did I know? When he was rapping you, you knew there was another. But because you liked him, you said yes. Because if you say no, he will try somewhere else. When you were in a relationship, you, were, you said you were both Christians. And he was trying to do things that Christians are not supposed to do before they marry. And then your wisdom told you that if you don't give him, he will try somewhere else. But what you don't know, as you gave him, he has lost trust for you. And so, in his mind, he thinks you are also fake. Do you get it? So, what you are trying, and and then then the worst part of it is that he was trying to be a Christian until he met you. And you made him a very unchristian person. Because you started complaining. Why are you always in church? Why is it everyday prayer? Can't we go to the mall? Can't we also have some me time? And then you started bringing suggestive clothing to him. And you know that you are hot. So now that you have made him a backsliding Christian, he never grew up to be what he ought to be. You are expecting him to be faithful to you. He doesn't have in him what makes a man faithful. It is the rulership of Christ in a man that makes a man look at a woman who is willing to offer and still say no. But almost all men, including myself, if it was not for Christ, any good food offered, even the unoffered ones, Are you with me? Yeah. It is only Jesus that will make me say, mm. it's nice, but that deliver me. That's, that's why I will pray that prayer. It's not because, come on, any man. But you see, so as you do these things, you have, when you had the chance to make him capable of delivering what you wish for, you made him uncapable. I said, you made him incapable by bringing him low spiritually. And you are surprised that now that you are married and he has prospered, he's chasing other girls. What prospered people do? That's what prospered people do. They, they want options. That's why prospered people don't drive only one car. That's true. <laughs> you are happy when he buys three cars and you say you don't want him to go after other women. Yes. Oh. What are you saying? The nature that makes him want to have three cars 
four cars in the house, his and hers, and today you are driving this one. Is that same nature that makes him also have other ladies like you? Hello. It's a new year. It's a new year. And our soul. Diga, saying is right too. I'm saying is right. Don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is that many of our problems we actually created. So I don't do a lot of marriage counseling. If you stay as a living, me, what I do for myself is what I can tell you. I can't tell you what I don't do for myself. What I do for myself I read the Bible and I apply it. So if the Bible says, husband, love your wife, and I know the definition of love according to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 4 to 7, I make sure I try to walk in all those other definitions of love. Love is patient. So am I patient with her? If I'm patient with her, will I be irritated by her lateness? Will I be irritated by the talking round, round, round in circles? Huh? If love is not easily provoked, are you with me? Why am I so easily provoked by her insinuations? If love keeps no record of wrong, why am I saying this is the seventh time you are doing this thing? So you see, for me, that's, that's what I don't, so I don't, if I apply these things, the problem that would have been a problem does not become a problem. So that's what I can prescribe for you. If you want to have it, have it. If you don't want to have it, hey, I don't have time to talk for eight hours and still continue to do what you want to do. Yeah. One husband told the wife, the fact that Bishop has said it, it doesn't mean I'm going to obey it. Hey. Oh, no. ah. And this is a pastor. Yes. Yeah. And I also said quietly, Wait until somebody starts blowing your wife. Then you understand why you have to obey it. Because, listen, listen. Some of the problems, I say, we do it all. We create it. When you make a person lack something so much, even a good person becomes tempted when it is offered outside. It's not easy to resist temptation when you are very hungry for a thing. Why did Satan came after Jesus went to fast? Huh? Yeah. So if you deprive your wife this love, the attention that she needs, it becomes appealing when her colleague at work and sometimes even a younger person than you, not so prosperous like you, starts to give her commendations and offer her a cup of tea and make her feel so special. Do you know how women respond to love and things? They give themselves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you are telling me, you see, most people think, oh, if we can do this, we go on holidays. Listen, most women, eh, the holidays, they make meaning only when they feel that you really love them. 
And one of the ways they feel loved is when it's like, oh, if I my husband, oh, he will not, he will talk about it, but he will not make it an issue. It's like, oh, if I need my husband to stop whatever he's doing to help me. Then with those type of things, they know. And then they are patient when they are talking to, when they are talking to you, you give them your attention. Most women don't ask for a lot. Doc, most women don't ask for a lot. The things, the things I've grown to learn it, that the things women ask for, we can give it over and over and over and over and over without costing us a cent. The, the only problem is that we don't believe that that's actually what they need. Anyway, for those of you who are married, this is just a, a bit of a But listen, I'm talking about your soul. Do you get it? Now, what is happening to most of us is that because our minds, we don't know what our soul is, and therefore our minds are not on it, we do very little for its well-being and for its prosperity. I said we do very little for its well-being and for its prosperity. But this year, this year, because of our theme of the year, that for as long as the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest time shall not cease. And whatever we sow, we shall harvest. This year is going to be a year when we sow to the prosperity of our souls. And we are going to fight one by one Everything that stands in the way of our walk with God that hinders us from engaging ourselves in things that brings the prosperity of our souls. Because you see, the scripture that we quote, John, First John, or Third John, uh, uh, three was it two or three, brethren. Which above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health. It's not a prosperity and being in good health that is not linked. But it's a prosperity and being in good health that is linked to the prosperity of our soul. Are you there? I, I thought you were giving me the scripture. I know it's happy new year. <laughs> it has to be a happy new year. And it will be a happy one. Even in difficult times, we, will still, we shall maintain our happiness. Because they can, Satan cannot steal our joy away from us. I have no reason to be sad in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Three, is it? Three, two. First John 3, 2. Beloved. No, no. It's, it's, it's third John. Verse, it's third John 2. Third John is only one chapter. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health. Even as thy soul 
prospereth. Unfortunately, unfortunately, most Christians have cleaned out the even as thy soul prospers. But you see, if, if it was not because of what Jesus said, I would not have been bothered about the prosperity of my soul. I think in our, we can't put the two scriptures together. Eh? Okay, we have not mastered the art of combining scriptures. But you see, this verse tells us, can you give us in NLT? No, 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 just, just the... No, I don't need a two. Just the, the verse two is fine. Give me, give me another translation. No, this is... The soul is different from the spirit. NIV. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you. Even as your soul is getting along well. You see, think about this. Your spirit, when you get born again, is, is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Is the produce of the Holy Spirit. Your flesh is that which you were born with as a sinner. Your soul is actually what belongs to God that has been given to you. And therefore, the, your spirit that is reborn is to help to guide your soul to walk with God. The work of your spirit is to guide through the Holy Spirit to guide your soul to walk with God, to go along well with God. But because we are so materialistic, we have neglected what is important to God and what which God came to save us. He didn't come to save our flesh and neither did he come to save our spirit because our spirit is when you are born again, your, it is your, it, there's a reborn of your spirit by the Holy Spirit. It is your soul that God came to die for, not flesh. So how can you neglect what is important to God? It's, that's what I'm saying. That we don't question the, the the things we need to question. It's my soul prospering in his relationship with God. And this year, my prayer for you and my prayer for myself is that our souls will prosper in his work with God. Yeah. That's all I came to tell you this morning. And whatever stands in your way, in whatever form and presentation that hinders you or prevents you from your soul prospering, I pray against it and I declare it to malfunction, to lose its ability to deceive you. And by the grace of God, the light of his word have a place in your life. 
And every seed you sow must not be to your flesh, but must be to the well-being of your soul. That you will will prosper. And I tell you, when your soul is prospering, I said, when your soul is prospering, there's no need for this life that will escape you. Oh, yes. Yes. Because God's purpose will be fulfilled in your life. Jesus Christ said, I don't want one soul to be lost. And the reason why I'm emphasizing on the soul is because if Jesus said, what shall a man give? In John, I think John 8, is it John? There's also in Mark, Mark 8.36. Okay, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What good is it? Okay. What, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Lose the soul to what? Lose the soul to where? You see, and let me, let me say this to you. Don't only think about loss in terms of your final destination. Think about loss also in terms of what could have been accomplished by your soul whilst you live here on earth. That was never accomplished. Think about it carefully. Don't only think that. Because you see, when you make the final destination, your target is good up to a point. But it also makes you exposed to deception. Whereby it's like, oh, if I can make it to heaven, that's all I need. Listen to me. If it was making it to heaven as the main goal, then God is not a wise businessman. Oh, yes. Because why do, you, why do you wait for people to be born again sometimes for 20 years? You keep them here on earth. And you know here on earth, there's nothing good here. And you still keep them here. And then after 20 years, they backslide and they stand to say that there's no God. Why didn't you take them home quickly? Because you know things from the beginning. There must be a reason. There must be a reason. And there is a reason why after salvation, after you get to know God as your Lord, after you receive Jesus, you are left here for a season. So anything that prevents your soul from accomplishing the purpose for which it has been left here is stealing from you what belongs to your soul. And in the process, sometimes, may even steal the whole soul from its final destination. But I pray that that shall not be your portion. You shall be delivered from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want you to pray to God about, maybe let's stand to our feet and let's spend a moment in prayer. I want you to talk to God, engage God in sincerity. That Lord, many things I have not known and many things I have taken for granted. But Lord, today, 
beginning of 2022. We thank you for everything that we have experienced. And we thank you for the many things that have come and gone. And many things that are still present with us. But Lord, in the midst of all this, you have given my soul an opportunity to become what it ought to be by still keeping me around here. Lord, I thank you for it. Thank you. Thank you that by your spirit you have thank prompted you, in the simplicity of speech. Yes. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, yes, Lord. you have drawn our attention to what is important. Yes, Lord. Our soul. Our soul. For we have no answer mm. regarding what we shall give in exchange for our soul or what profit we would have if we were to lose our souls and gain the whole world. Yes. With this in mind, yes, Lord. we give ourselves by your help to what would bring the well-being the prosperity, prosperity of our soul of our in soul. his relationship yes. with you. This is what we desire, Lord. Yes. Because with you are our blessings, blessings. and the good things good of this life and in the life that is to come. Yes. With you is our deliverance. deliverance. With you is our help. Our with you is our provision. provision. And with you our ability to enjoy the good things oh, that you give to us. Thank you. Therefore, Lord, we hold you prime mm. in our in relationship, in developing our relationship. Yes. Therefore, Lord, we ask that by your spirit, order our steps. Order our steps. Direct our path. Direct. According to your wisdom and according to your yes, will. To a place where our soul shall prosper. Yes, any place and every door that will bring desolation to our souls, Lord, we pray that you shut it by your own power. In the name of Jesus. Shut it and close those doors. Amen. Remove from our lives agents of the enemy, Amen. the enemy of our soul. Yes. And bring into our lives, O oh Lord, the people that love you and love us. That through their presence and their contribution, interaction with us, our souls shall prosper. Yes. We thank you Holy Spirit. Thank you. In Jesus name. Jesus. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, this is the beginning of the year. The first step to the preservation of your soul demands a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It is by receiving the provision of God in the person of Jesus Christ as the Savior as the Messiah, whose blood was shed on Calvary and died and rose again on the third day, by receiving him as a son of God, a way is made for your reconciliation with God. Therefore, every head bowed and every eye closed. You say, Pastor, I don't want to lose my soul. I don't want to lose my soul at all. But I have not Jesus Christ as the son of God and then as my savior which I want to do in this new year as the first Sunday has seen me. Every head bowed and every eye want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. Lift up your right hand wherever you are. Let me pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift up your right hand. Let me. 
Let me pray with you. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the lifted up. You lift, lift it up so that I can see. I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to call you to come forward. Just up and please, I shall stick. We will call them later. Heavenly Father, these hands that are lifted up are not hands of just a physical body, but they are the voice of a heart that cries, Father, I come to you just as I am, without one plea. I know that you have promised that he who comes to you, you will no wise cast away. Therefore, this morning, as these ones come to you just as they are, Lord, I thank you that you have accepted them. I thank you that you will make them your own and walk with them, never leaving or forsaking them, but causing them to see your goodness and your might in their lives. You lifted up your hands. I want you to pray this prayer with me. And congregation, let's all join in and pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. Thank you for making me see a morning like this. Even though I have been a rebel towards you and done my own things, today, Father, I come to you just as I am. I ask for forgiveness of my sins. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is your son who came to die for my sins. He rose again on the third day, seated at your right hand. By this prayer, Jesus, I receive you into my heart as my Lord, as my master. From today, I'll follow you as you help me by baptizing me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you that this will not be for a few days but it shall be for the rest of my life I thank you for your love that you have for me I'll be your servant and you will guide me in this life Amen Father thank you for these special souls in Jesus name Amen we believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platforms.